Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. It is the calm before the storm presented by Botano and Skip. It's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosal back in the saddle with you, Rosie. One more sleep till it all gets cooking again, my man. How are you? One more sleep until the playoff. Pretty exciting, buddy. I am jacked up. It's nice other teams get going, but uh, the real deal for us is tomorrow night. It really is incredible that, um, you know, from a lease perspective, it's been pretty much a 365-day wait to know that you're likely to get back to this scenario where you take on Tampa. Probably to be the same story again next year and the year after that. But, man, like just the anticipation – um, obviously, I live downtown Toronto as well. You can the excitement is palpable in the air because it's that time of year again. You know the weather starts to change and the playoffs get underway, and you understand it's like a two month potential journey and odyssey to get to the Holy Grail. Just as a former player, professional player playing in the NHL, just growing up thinking of winning that Stanley Cup, what resonates with you? Oh, it just brings you back to playoff time. Like you said, it's that that special time of year. Things are thawing. Things are starting to grow. Spring's out. It's getting warmer. And, like, all the bullshit and all the grind is is behind you. All the yelling and the bag skating and the everything's back. And now, like, when you're in the playoffs as a team, it is just, like, everything changes. It's It's so weird. It's, like, they hand out new gear and you got new undergear with, like, a slogan on the back. And it's just, like you know, we're just days off and rests and quick little skates and little flow things and get your legs ready. And we're doing this team building thing over here and you're just always together. And there's always this one goal and everyone's hyper-focused and there's no more bullshit. It's just one focus on one thing and you're ready and you're prepped and all the work is done. And now it's just go do it. And it's, there's just nothing really like it, man. And uh, I'm sure everyone in those locker rooms right now is just feeling that feeling right now, which makes me a little bit jealous. 
And uh, it's so funny, even coming on these airways, I was telling you about that Carolina Islanders game tonight, and we all know Freddie Anderson, former Maple Leaf, is technically the number one goaltender for Carolina. But as I always like to say, he's allergic to the Stanley Cup playoffs, so we all knew something was coming. And it looks like Antti Ranta is going to start game one for the Carolina Hurricanes. So maybe you jump on the New York Islanders price in that series and game one. A uh, very, very... Um, disappointed, I would say, Carolina team who I thought had aspirations to win the cup. It's going to be much more difficult now with now Svechnikov. You know, Pacioretty's been out for, for the majority of the season as well, but you just never know when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching right now and are not subscribed, please do so at the Leafs Nation 401. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take. You'll find us. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to them a bit later on in the show. But for now, let's get over the boards. So as mentioned, Rosie, it all gets underway tonight. Four game ones coming up with four game ones tomorrow night as well, including the Maple Leafs hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning for game one of that highly anticipated um, rematch but in general when you look at the Stanley Cup playoffs specifically in this country of Canada there has been a long long drought Rosie since 1993 I was a wee little one I was four I was actually still winning and or living in Montreal I should say but uh, for those of you who don't know I was actually born in Quebec moved to Ontario when I was like five I don't even remember the times but the question for you does the Stanley Cup drought in Canada Canada finally come to an end man it's it's just been a tough tough like 30 years here I hope so, man. I remember being, you know, late teens there when, you know, the Flames went to Game 7 of the Finals. The next year, the Oilers went to 7 of the Finals. Next year, the Sens went. I mean, did they even go Game 7? They might have too. And it was just like, they were so close there. And then it's been, you know, another bit of a drought there with, uh, you know, some expectations and some some teams coming out of the woodworks who might have had a chance. And then just no one's gotten it done. But, uh, you know, I really like... Uh, you know, the East is so damn strong and Toronto's in the mix there. And then the West has been a little bit weaker this year, I think, in comparison. But, uh, you know, you see the Oilers kind of stepping up lately. I, I, that'll be something fun to watch. I'll tune into that game for sure. They're such an exciting team to watch. And, you know, they're going with Skinner, I believe. But Jack Campbell's there, too. If he gets tossed in, it be interesting to see what he's got uh, playoff-wise. But um, you don't know, man. There's just it's, It is frustrating. It is odd. To not be able to get it done, I, I do. I've been preaching on this show for a while that it's harder to get it done in those big market teams with the microscope, you know, on you so badly. But um, it's as good a chance as any this year for them to get it done. Somebody should step up, and I hope it's that uh, blue and white team out of the East. I suppose it's a little disappointing. We only have three of the Canadian teams in. I thought Calgary really was going to be there, but it's Toronto, it's Edmonton, it's the Winnipeg Jets. I think the Jets will be in tough. I think they're a bit of a sleeper team. They're playing the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round here of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Edmonton has Los Angeles. Such a fascinating series. We talk about rematch, right? You look at Toronto and, and Tampa last year, but that was a really, really good first round series as well between Edmonton and the Los Angeles Kings. You just, you look at McDavid, you start to get that feeling. But I think the fact, uh, most notably, that you have the Maple Leafs with budding superstars and superstars for that matter, you look at the Oilers, it's not for a lack of talent, right? And I know it's not everything, and that's not the whole story come the Stanley Cup playoffs, but there's such potential. Like, I can't remember a time where there's, like, not one, but maybe two or a few Canadian teams that have a legitimate shot at this thing this year. 
Yeah, it is tough. I think a lot of the times, you know, you got to have that goaltending that uh, steps up and, and whether you have like, you know, a, a Vesna winning Hall of Fame stud or whether you have, you know, someone else who really steps up and just creates their own legacy by by rising to the occasion and, and getting the job done and finding that heater in the, in the playoffs. Whatever the case is, they, the Canadian teams just haven't had that. But, um, you know, you look at uh, the Edmonton Oilers and like their numbers and their their wins in the last 40 games or the second half of the mm -hmm. season has been rivaling that of the Boston Bruins, which almost took me by surprise. I, I don't think I was paying as much attention and maybe many people fell into that category. But, uh, you know, all eyes as the best in the NHL were on. You know, the Boston Bruins and quietly in the West, the, the Oilers are just racking them up and they're probably going to be a force to be reckoned with. We'll see. But at the end of the day, I just think that East is so heavy. I think Boston's going to be tough to get through. But if you look back to, you know, last year, I mean, you had the Florida Panthers, you know, winning the President's Trophy and everyone thought they were just going to be, uh, you know, a force to be dealt with. And they just get swept in the first yeah. round, never to be heard from again. So you never know what's going to happen in this playoffs. But, uh, you know, for the Maple Leafs, I want them. I really think they... I mean, it would be a fucking disaster if they didn't win the first round. And I I think it's always been nail-biting, hold on, and hope, and hope, and hope. And right now, I think they're in the driver's seat. And it doesn't have that feeling. It's like, we are better than this team. We're going to go prove it. Run through the lightning. Beat them in, you know, five, six, seven games. doesn't matter. And then go on. And, you know, you're most likely going to face the Boston Bruins. And I think they can give, you know, the Bruins a run as well if they can get through the first round. And I think they match up pretty well against them. They've... they've they're not indestructible as good as they are. And in a seven game series, you just got to catch heat from a few key players and play as a team and get that gel and momentum going. You can beat anybody. So uh, I really think the East is strong. Boston's obviously strong, but again, anything can happen in, in a seven game series playoffs. You're right. There, there definitely is that confidence. And I, I think you look specifically at this Toronto Tampa series, a lot's going to be made of the big boys without them. There's nothing that's going to happen. But having said that, I also think it's a bigger story. In fact, if the bottom six guys, if guys like Kerfoot, Matthew Nyes, if he somehow finds his way in this series, they need those depth players to score the big goals. And I always like to draw comparables and similarities to Tampa and, and playing them last year, Nick Paul, the Brandon Hagels of the world. So a lot of the focus is going to be on the Matthews, the Marners, all those guys. But I think from time to time, it's imperative that bottom six guys and depth guys, if you want to call them that, chip in. Or I think you don't go as far as expected as we've seen the last couple of years. There's just already so much pressure on the big boys. Others have to rise to the occasion, Rosie. It's paramount. Yeah, and I think that the addition of Ryan O'Reilly, guys have been talking about it in the media for a little while now, but just it, that really was a missing puzzle piece, I think. I think he rounds off that top six so well, and it just gives them the yeah. ability to have some breathing room. Um, it takes up some defensive um abilities and being able to protect against like your own end and it frees up those uh those top four a little bit more to be able to be a little bit freer and you know you got that responsibility of ryan o'reilly and he can match lines really well he can get caught out there with any other lineup and 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 do just fine he can produce offensively he's just he's just uh he's a force out there he's a presence and and that rounds off the lineup really well i really like that acquisition and then also our depth guys have been stepping up lately and and you can rely on them and they can chip in and our 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 defense has been rounded off nicely we've got some grit i mean we had half our half our lineup in the press box there that last game we thought it'd be a throwaway game and 
the lightning came and threw everything in the kitchen sink at us and tried to bully us and intimidate us and it just didn't work um so that's a nice positive sign as well i just think they're a as well of a rounded team as they've been in a long time. And I just don't feel like their opponent this year is, is at the top of their game or their potential. So it's a, it's a good lineup. I have confidence and I just don't think there's a, a ton of pressure and a ton, ton of scared guys in that locker room like there has been in the past. I think they're ready to go and I got my money on them. I like that. I like the confidence. I like the confidence from the team. If you look at their practice lines from Sunday here and you see it on your screen right there, the projected lineup, for game one against the Lightning. couple things that I would pull out from there. Uh, no Matthew Nyes, as we probably anticipated. I think he's more a guy that makes sense to bring into the series. Luke Shen seemingly makes the cut. That means no Gustafson, no Timmons, no Lilligren. Assuming, by the way, they go 12-6. and six. They went 11-7 and seven for a big chunk of the second half of the regular season. And we, saw, we also saw a bit of a power play switch. And I know we had seen that the last 10 games or so. But what are your thoughts on on Willie Nylander staying on PP2 and Ryan O'Reilly continuing on on PP1. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, we'll see how much they stay out there. Like, is that is that PP1 going to be out there for a minute and a half? Or are they going to get their, yeah. are they going to get their one, you know, attack and then get off and get two out there? We'll see. But um, I like the way you round off PP2 with Nylander. You can go with him. And, you know, Yarny has been good chipping in. Bunting, we know what he's capable of. Um, Geo can move it around the top and still be defensively responsible because they've got a history of, you know, giving up shorthanded goals and their brain shuts off on the power play, which does happen with a lot of skilled players. It's like, oh, good, my time to shine. We've been talking about moving and you only think about offense and you get caught on the wrong side of the puck and, oh, my, my line mates are on the wrong side of the puck too. And all of a sudden you're giving up shorthanded goals and, and breakaways and odd man rushes, which is just not allowed to happen in the, uh, in the playoffs. So I don't mind having uh, that PP2 looking like it is. I mean, you could throw a lot of different guys around here. They've had success. They've had struggles. But at the end of the day, you got a lot of personnel that you can, you can move around both those power plays. As media, do we put too much stock, in your opinion, in line configurations and combos? Because uh, if there's one team we've seen jumble things up quite a bit, Rosie, throughout the 82-game slate, it's been the Maple Leafs, right? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's like for fans and, you know, analysts, it's 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 the only thing they have power over. It's the only thing they can, like, see physically that's tangible, and you can talk about it and dissect yeah. it and argue with it and stuff like that because it's right there on paper. But at the end of the day... Um, no one knows what's going to click at what time. And all you're going to do is, you know, you know what's going on in that locker room. You know, you can see those guys in the meetings and you hear what they say during video and they get together and talk at practice and work on stuff. And we don't see that. So we, I mean, our opinions on the lineups is kind of moot to me because those guys in there know best at what they're going to go with. Is it going to work right every time? Are they going to mix it up? Of course not. But, you know, what it brings me to my point of this lineup's been jumbled up all year long. I mean, I, I think Matthew Nyes should be in this lineup. I think that he is better than guys that are in the lineup. He's just going to be more effective than other guys in the lineup. He just is. I don't care what year he was born. I don't. He is a better hockey player. He produces more. He is more effective. He is more noticeable than certain players on the bottom six that are in that spot right now. And I think it's a disservice to the team to not have him in. I hope he gets in. Maybe you're going to let him see what playoff hockey is all about and then try to get him in. But I just, I just think from the standpoint of you got to put together the best team you can possibly do for this playoffs and you're not having that person in the lineup, I think is, I just don't think it's right. And 
They weren't ready to do it, obviously. But again, with a team that's been able to jumble the lineup all year long, if you had a rock-solid 20 guys that have been together and you don't want to break that up to bring in Nyes, a college kid who doesn't have the experience, fine, I get that. But these guys have been playing with everyone and their dog all season long. It's not going to throw anyone off to have him in the lineup. So I was disappointed to see that. So let me look at it this way. So I totally get where you're coming from. But has anybody who he would potentially take out, as Zach Aston Reese, have they given Toronto a reason to take them out of the lineup? Because I see where you're coming from, but I think it's an easier move to make to bring in a Rook uh, to, to get the team going, if you will, maybe following a loss than it is to start him out in the big lights of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I actually have no issue with it because I think you look in general, there hasn't really been a guy where I've been disappointed in or said, you know, he's, he's been terrible, like it's time to take him out, right? And I think you have to go with the lineup you've trusted for the majority of the season, no? I mean... Do does Zach Astonis play good lately, and has he done well? Absolutely. And has he, if he's been making mistakes and been struggling, then it would be a no-brainer. But this is the NHL, and this isn't fairness and la di da. And you deserve it. We're gonna give you your time. It's not about that. Zach Astonis at his best is not as good as Matthew Nyes, just as a hockey player. I that's just what I believe. And I think he should be playing. And even in the three games that we watched, I mean, Nyes is dynamic. He gets it down low. He's fast. His effort, his energy level, he can pop into seams and, and rip the puck. He can make plays and, and find guys in front of the net. He is effective. And you can roll that fourth line out with Matthew Nyes on it and keep that train rolling. It's all about momentum and depth and keeping that thing rolling. And I think he can... He can do that better than other players on, on the roster. Just bottom line, I don't care how good Zach Aston Reese has been in the last month. That, that's great, and it's good to see. But at the end of the day, you just you got to ice the best roster of hockey players that you can. And I think that Nyes is deserving to be on this one. But is there really a role for this guy in the top six right now? Because I'm in the firm belief, if you're not playing Matthew Nyes in the top six, he sure as hell is not playing in my bottom six when everything's on the line. Like, I need reliability. I need some veterans. I need that guy he's going to you know, check a Ryan O'Reilly and a Chari, a guy who's been there before. And that's what I think frightens the coaching staff. I think there's no doubt, Rosie, they know what they have in the player. He, I agree. He was really, really good in the three games. It's a small sample size. But I think from that reliability standpoint, even a guy like Zach Aston Reese, the, the guy's played meaningful games before. I think you're just asking a bit too much of a young kid right now. Yeah, that's the argument against it, and they've they've gone that direction, obviously. But um, you know, I, I just don't see I don't see him cracking the top six, and I understand that mm -hmm. he's better. Everyone's better playing in the top six with those players, and everyone's going to be more effective playing with those players. But if he is a guy who's capable of understanding what his role is, I mean, he's not a dainty little guy who needs tons of room and needs yeah. tons of firepower around him because he's pure offense and that the only way he's going to be remotely effective is to be playing with the studs on the power play with the blah 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 he he's he can be a power forward he can work hard he can get it down low he, puck possession in the in the offensive zone is just huge for momentum you got to grind teams down you're trying to protect the lead and you can get it low and get that young kid in there flying as fast as he has get his good big body down there and work it down low and cycle it you're wearing down their team creating frustration and panic I mean, that's huge if you can do that and you put him with other guys, you you know, he's got to understand he can be reliable defensively and and blah, blah, blah. But I just, I believe that he's more effective being in the lineup than other players. And I mean, that's, I guess we'll see what happens and see if he can sneak his way in there. But I just really liked what I saw, man. I think he is a top tier talent and I think he makes the team better. Mark my words, we will see this kid at some point in time in this series. I feel very, very confident in saying that. Uh, brought to you by our new friends over at Skip. We're happy to tell you about Mitch's Dishes. By Skip using the promo code TLN15 
on the Skip the Dishes app. That's TLN15. You'll get $15 off when you spend $30 or more on Mitch's Dishes. Please note that this offer is exclusive to Skip. Additionally, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Marner Assist Fund to combat food insecurity. Skip is currently serving up game time eats across the GTA and Ontario, in the likes of Brampton, Guelph, Kitchener, Toronto, Oshawa, and Waterloo, among other great places. If Mitch likes it, it's got to be great. Which leads Did us into the conversation. There it is. I always forget off, the man. bumper. I always forget the bumper, and producer Alex is always on it, so I appreciate that. One day, I'll remember to pause, and we did call Skip. And I'm calling Rosie now to break down the matchup game, my dude. Uh, number one, again, as media, did we put too much stock in the matchup game come the postseason? And number two, you know, your thoughts on Ryan O'Reilly. So we put up the line configurations the last segment. It looks like he's going to start on line two, if you want to call it that, aside you know, from John Tavares and Nylander there, as you see on your screen. But how much stock should we put into this? Uh, could it change from game to game, venue to venue, right? You start the first two in Toronto, then you go to Tampa. The matchup game maybe becomes a bit bigger when you have last change, right? Yeah, it's it's nice having last change because you get that luxury of, of putting the guys you want out against their players. You get that choice, and that's, that's one of the advantages of home ice, obviously, and you're going to lose that moving around. And, you know, looking back at all the mix-up and jumbling of the lines and everything like that that, that Sheldon Keefe has done all year, um, you know, going into the playoffs and say you do move guys around when you go down to Tampa, all of a sudden it's not that big of an adjustment, right? All of a sudden these guys are mm -hmm. used to it and there's familiarity there and all of a sudden there's method to the madness. So uh, if that's the case and they do mix things up, I think this group will be able to adjust accordingly and, and not be thrown off of it. And, you know, you look at that top line, Bunting, Matthews, Marner, you're trying to rekindle some of the magic that they've had in the past where, where they're actually clicking and uh, firing on all cylinders and Bunting needs to elevate you know, his game to be able to to find the magic with those two players. And, you know, it'll be an interesting game one and we'll see what they do. Here's the lineup and see how it goes. And it's, it's obviously going to depend on how everything happens. I mean, they could change the lineups for game two in Toronto just as easily as well. So it's nice that they, they have the familiarity of playing with everyone else and being on different lines that it's not going to shock the system if they do make a change. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. I tell you, you know what horns me up is having that O'Reilly guy, man. Just the pedigree, 2019 Consumite Trophy yeah. winner. And just from a, a matchup standpoint, right? Like, we know what he can do offensively, but I think he's very, very underrated defensively. And I wonder if he's, like, the root of everything when it comes to the matchup game. Whoever plays against Kucherov or Point or Stamkos or takes that big face off, I think everything's going to revolve around Ryan O'Reilly. Am I wrong in making that assessment? No, I think so. I mean, a Consmith winner and a Frank Selkie trophy winner. I mean, he's got the pedigree in spades and, you know, you you put him out there and when you watch the game and when he's out there, he's almost like the, I don't want to say the dad because that makes you think of kind of this crusty Security older guy blanket. at the end of his career, but he's just got this leadership quality of of yeah. follow me, jump on my back. I'm going to take care of things. You know, I'll, I'm not, it's not all about me. It doesn't mean he's scoring the fanciest goal, but he's just doing all the right things out there, breaking up their plays, um, making plays happen down low. He's just kind of does it all. And it's that uh, reliability that, that I think he's going to be a force in these playoffs and why he's such a huge addition to the Leafs and why everyone was so thrilled when we did get him, I think is going to pay dividends here coming up this next week. He's such a security blanket. I could not echo that narrative and that uh, mindset anymore. And so excited to see Ryan O'Reilly play in a playoff game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And for today's pick, again, Rosie, so excited. The uh, Stanley Cup playoffs getting underway. There are four different games. I'm zoning in on the New York Islanders-Carolina game. For a variety of reasons, I think it's going to be a very intriguing series. I know the underdog are the New York Islanders. We know how big goaltending is this time year. Elias Sorokin. I think it's going to be a very defensive series, including game one tonight. I'm actually looking at the first period under one and a half. And uh, we talked about it to start off the show. It sounds like Antti Ranta could start that game for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's been really good since coming back from his latest injury. And he got Sorokin. To me, you combo that up. You're looking at it under one and a half in the first period. Looking at about minus 118 in terms of the value on that little uh, proposition. So I'm going to go with the under. I just, I don't expect a lot of offense in that series. Do you? Yeah, perhaps not. Depending on the goaltending, I think is what it comes down to. But uh, you almost look at the Islanders and if Sorokin can stand on his head mm-hmm. and you're getting plus 50 money on the money line, I mean, they could easily sneak out some wins and the values there, obviously, with that plus money for sure. So a few different ways you can go with it. But yeah, I mean, even the over-unders, you know, trending towards it being a low scoring game so that's not a bad idea for sure it's just a fascinating time of year when it comes to offense right you look at the regular season you look at a betting standpoint there's a lot of games six and a half sevens you look at tonight's slate already you're starting to see it there are four games and we're seeing two five and a halves already like it really really the dallas games a five and a half obviously uh, you know boston and florida is a six and a half and the edmonton la game is a six and a half it's just going to be very intriguing to see even after a couple games how the market sets out, right, from where it is here for game one. But looking at the chat, everybody, I can tell you, Rosie, is fired up, just like you and I, for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Maple Leafs coming up tomorrow. Mark Dagg writes in, can you imagine a Leafs versus Oilers final? And uh, I filled out my bracket, man. It was just really, really difficult. I believe in Edmonton, but I also believe in Toronto. 
Oh, it would be wicked, man. Like you've seen almost oh. in the last 15 years, kind of the, some of the same faces and names and this and that and organizations doing their thing and to have a completely out of the box final like that would just be incredible. Obviously for Canadians would be thrilled about it. You're guaranteed East first West. And, uh, you know, that would be a tough one. I'd be taking a hell of a lot of flack out West here by, you know, pulling on that <laughs> Leafs wagon. There's no doubt about it. I already do a little bit, but I could care less. Uh, that would be an incredible series. We'll see. I mean, it's very, very possible, but um, I think the East is a little stronger. But when you get down to the nitty gritty and everyone's been beat out except for for two teams in the finals, it's just uh, it's anyone's ballgame at that point. So we're definitely getting ahead of ourselves. But there's a yeah. there's a, a plethora of different potential finalists for the for the finals, and uh, those two are definitely among them. Yeah, and I would say that's one of the more concerning parts, I think, from a lease perspective in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, you take care of Tampa. Who's waiting for you? The Boston Bruins. You take care of them. Who's waiting for you? The New York Rangers or a team like that. Like, it's just going to be the path to get there is obviously uh, a bit stronger, I think, in our opinions, uh, taking nothing away from the Western Conference. But I think you look specifically at Edmonton. That that division, I think, is semi-watered down, taking nothing away from Los Angeles, taking nothing away from the Vegas Golden Knights. But, Rosie, you look at the juggernauts in the Eastern Conference. Like, there's six teams, maybe seven. You can make a legitimate case not only to win the respective series, but, like, go all the way. You look at Boston. You look at Toronto. You look at Tampa, the Rangers, the Devils, Carolina. I know there's some guys banged up, but there's some really damn good teams in this conference. Yeah, big time. I mean, Carolina was like a cup favorite to start off. They're really deep. Yep. The Rangers are really solid. You could have some surprises with, uh, you know, any of the teams on there, to be honest with you. And But that being said, I believe like Boston is a big, big mountain to climb. There's no doubt. They've had a historic season. They have not even had a hiccup all year long. And uh, whatever, all the different reasons and intangibles that add up to them being as, as good as they've, as they've been this year um, makes it no doubt that they're going to be a mountain to climb and to, to overcome and surpass. But if, if you could somehow, if Boston wasn't part of the equation or if you could guarantee to get by them or something, I would be hammering the Maple Leafs to get to the finals. Um, I think all their demons that they've had in the, in the past, I mean, their defensive liabilities, their inability to score, their guys that get cold at the wrong times, their goaltending, their ability to, to, to blow leads and have these hiccups and not be able to play with a lead or hold on to a lead. That just hasn't really been existent this year. It's like they've solved a lot of those problems. And people, I mean, believe in voodoo and they're like, oh, it's still the same old team or their demons are going to, that doesn't even exist. Those teams that have done that shit in the past, they're not even on the roster. It's not even the same team just because they wear the same jersey is kind of irrelevant. I think that this team is as well-rounded and deep and, and solid as any team they've had in a long time. And I think they're uh, ready to put it together. Mark writes in, if Ryan O'Reilly centers the third line, he should be between Nyes and Cookie. Of course, that's Nolachari, perfect line mates. I don't mind that look at all. Uh, Frank Leckie writes in, there's nobody in the current lineup that has played themselves out of a place in the lineup. Somebody will fall, and then Nyes easily slots in. I think you would agree. Like, we're going to see Nyes at some point, right? Yeah, it's just a matter of where and when and how. And I mean, are you going to lose a game because someone had a terrible giveaway or or you couldn't play a line because someone was having a bad night and you lost your momentum and you're overworking your your top few? Uh, then that's no good. You know, you don't you don't mm -hmm. want to have those problems. And if if Nyes gets in, I think it's going to have to be because of some problem that surfaced and you got to yank a guy out. And 
Um, it's unfortunate that, you know, that's probably going to have to be the reason that he does get in. But, um, you know, that line that was spoke of there sounds pretty solid to me. Um, how you're going to round out the top, uh, the, the top six or the, the second line without O'Reilly on there will be interesting. But uh, nonetheless, again, they've, they've been used to having the lineup jumbled all over the place. They've been playing 11 and, and 7 down the stretch. So they're used to anything. And at least they won't get thrown off by having the lineup mixed up down the stretch. The big words, trust as well. Sheldon Keefe trusts his forwards, right? We've seen that throughout the season. You bring in a Matthew Nyes who has played three games. I still think there's that element of trust in that situation. But having said that, like he's your wild card that you can bring in off the bench. And I think that's really, really uplifting from a team. How, by the way, did you see John Tavares took Nyes in? Like Nyes, I believe, is living with John Tavares right now. Like the guy's the epitome of like professionalism and being a captain. And I know this as much as most people. Like, I covered John Tavares, man, when he was in the OHL. This maybe dates me a bit. Uh, mo more specifically, when he was dealt to the London Knights, man. Like, he is so professional. That's so John Tavares, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, it's a no-brainer for the brass to to move him in with the captain's family and, and life and everything. Because <laughs> you look at you look at over the past uh, one that comes to mind, Crosby living with Mario Lemieux when yeah. he when he came in, he was young, and it's just so smart to do with uh, an up and comer with nothing but potential. And you know, you figure he's going to be in the in the league for fifteen plus years, and blah blah blah. You got to take this kid out of his dorm room, out of you know mm -hmm. that whole scenario and then what are you going to have him living on his own making freaking easy mac in the microwave like who knows what this guy's lifestyle is put him with johnny t and i mean that guy is the consummate professional he's been playing pro for so long he does everything right you're going to see when that guy naps you're going to see when he eats what he eats you're <laughs> going to see when he goes to bed when he wakes up how long he stays at the rink what time he gets to the rink how long he stays there and he's just going to be doing john Tavares's routine with his family living his life and that's going to set him up for his uh his whole career and his future on this is how this is how you be a professional this is how it's done and then he can take it from there and, and figure out his own strategy but you give him that base right off the bat it's just such a no-brainer for the brass to to put him in that basement and say here here's your uh here's your future for the next 15 years where did you live when you first started in toronto I lived in Etobicoke. Um, I lived with a couple of guys. We were kind of a gong show, actually. That's not who was really the house. The who was in the house? Who was in the house? Oh, they were guys on the Marlies. So uh, like Foster and um, different guys that uh, you know didn't get a whole lot of time with the Leafs. But um, yeah. then we were on different schedules and whatnot. But then I was living in the same complex in Etobicoke with with my wife. And you know, at the time I was twenty four <laughs> years old. I'd been playing pro for a little while, so I kind of knew what to do. But yeah. coming straight out of college and getting thrown right into the mix and being that high uh, high profile of a talent, it's it's nice to make sure he gets the routine and the understanding of how things are done early, more hey, so than me. We, it was we, kind of a I wasn't the same caliber. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. We did we did tell Nisey again, if you haven't checked it out, we did interview Matthew Nyes on this show a couple months back, and we did tell him following the interview because we did it on Zoom. If you need any suggestions, we both know the city rather well, and he's he might take us up on that. So I like that look, and, and well done, John Tavares. So, Rosie, we'll leave it at that. Looking forward to the four postseason games tonight, then getting set for game one tomorrow. We'll be here at 11 a.m. Eastern time to tee it all up. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk tomorrow. You bet. We'll see you then. Exciting times, everybody. Ooh, fire me up. Let's go. Thanks, everybody in the chat. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care.